We've all heard of women's intuition, right? Well, men have intuition as well. Intuition is so important when it comes to feeding ourselves and our families in our challenging food environment. This podcast explores a variety of topics related to a powerful, evidence-based eating framework called intuitive eating that integrates instinct, emotion, and rational thought. My hope is that it will help you finally break free of the perpetual diet cycle. This is the Men's Intuition Podcast. All right, and welcome back to another episode of the Men's Intuition Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Jeff Ash, and I'm really glad to be here today with my very first podcast guest. And when I started this podcast, uh, I have to say that this person was the, the very first person who I wanted to get on the podcast. So I will introduce him here shortly, but I'm going to tell you first off what our topic for today is. And I think this is going to be something that uh, hopefully... Uh, you or someone you know can really benefit from our discussion today. So we're going to be talking about using a weight-neutral approach to coaching shift workers and specifically how intuitive eating suits the shift worker population. And so I think this is a really important discussion. And with us today, I have my friend and colleague, Roger Sutherland. And Roger is a veteran 24-7 shift worker himself of more than 37 years in frontline law enforcement in Melbourne, Australia. Now an MNU certified nutritionist, Roger coaches shift working clients one-on-one in nutrition and health and well-being to cope with the rigors of shift work. Roger still performs 24-7 shift work as we are doing this interview, so he definitely gets it. He is uh, definitely someone who uh, you'll you'll You're going to learn a lot from, especially if you're a shift worker. I think he's going to give us some great insight into this today. So, Roger, welcome. Thank you very much, Jeff, and what a kind um, introduction that is as well. So, yeah, I've been really looking forward to this because, obviously, I've completely pivoted and changed my business um, and going down the intuitive eating line and values driven. So, it's going to be really, it's good chat. I've been really looking forward to it. Yeah, that's fantastic. Well, uh, let's just dive into the topic so we can get as much uh, content here in this episode as possible. So what is the prevalence of shift workers in in society today? Yeah, that's a good question, Jeff, because a lot of people, when we think of shift workers, you know, we don't realize just how many shift workers there are worldwide today. Um, you know, look, first thing I think is important is to clarify um, what is um shift work like what 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 does the research say shift work well shift work is literally deemed outside of ordinary hours so generally research puts it between our, anything that's outside the hours of zero seven hundred hours and seventeen hundred hours so between seven o'clock in the morning and five p.m in the afternoon so if you work within that you're not deemed a shift worker if you work anything outside of those hours other than overtime and things like that then you're deemed to be a shift worker it's important to note, like in, in Australia, we have a population of 26 million people, which I know that's just a freckle compared to the US. But that's in like Australia, the state of Texas. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, we've got 26 million people, but in Australia, we have 2 million shift workers alone there. Wow. Now, that puts us still in a low percentage because here's a stat that will shock you. With a population in the USA currently sitting at 332 million people, it's estimated that there's between 53 and 86 million shift workers in the state of, in USA. Um, wow. in the, now that's 
that falls in line with majority of the world, which is anywhere between 16 and 21%. So, you know, if we look at it worldwide on average, the population of shift workers in society is between 16 and 21%. So, Jeff, one in five people now are almost shift workers. Um, so I think, you know, a lot of the time when we think of shift workers, our mind instantly goes straight to police, to fire mm-hmm. and to ambulance, doesn't it? But what we do forget about as well is that we've got nurses, you know, God bless our nurses and our doctors. And, of course, they've had an incredibly difficult last two years. You know, there's no secret there. Um, Oh, yeah. You know, know, we've had to consider our – we have to consider our flight attendants that are flying overnight. We have to consider our pilots. And someone's got to put our bags on the plane as well. So we've got our airport staff. We've got Uber drivers, taxi drivers. We forget about journalists as well that are working overnight every night truck, postal drivers, like we're all on the Amazon now getting all our good bits delivered in our post. Um, and, you know, that's not to mention private industry now, which is functioning 24-7. You know, we, we are placing enormous demands on um, our, on private industry now as well, which, you know, the expectation is that people are manufacturing 24-7 to uh, bring the products to us. So that sort of clarifies shift work and makes people go, wow, like there really is a lot of shift workers. Yeah, and and we know, and which we're going to be diving into here a bit more, that it it impacts that population differently than than the rest of the population who works more kind of nine to five, eight to five, seven to five, six, you know, kind of in that range. And so, so it's really important that we that we have strategies for addressing the health and and nutrition and fitness needs of of that population. Um, would you say that shift work affects men and women differently? Uh, yes, Jeff. Uh, research actually shows that it, it does. Um, and I don't think there's any secret. And I think you'll find that you know, even though we're targeting more so the men here, because I think, um, you know, as far as intuitive eating goes, but it's no secret in your podcast that, you know, it's broad stroked as well, because anything that's mm-hmm. applicable to men is definitely applicable to females as well. So the only way that I really break this up or the the way I break this up is it does affect women differently. Hormonally, shift work severely impacts on women. And also the incidence of things like breast cancer as well in female shift workers is massive, right? Um, Which causes, you know, the metabolic syndrome that uh, shift workers suffer from. And one of the other things is um, like shift work impacts people both enormously, you know, like fatigue brings mixed signals of hunger and satiety, Jeff, and we'll talk about that a bit later because this is the biggest problem for shift workers, you know, the mixed signals that are being received. Um, It's very challenging. You know, the circadian rhythm, um, our hypothalamus is responding to the light and food intake. Well, we're awake and we're exposed to light at night, so what's that doing to our circadian rhythm? But females do suffer more from shift work. And there's a biological reason for that. Women, not only do they look different, but they are very different internally as well. So just to go through that briefly, a female stomach actually has less acid than a male stomach has. Um, And it also empties slower than a male stomach empties as well. Um, The digestive tract is longer in a female than it is in a male. The colon is longer in a female and it empties slower. And the other thing is, if you think about it, as males, we are blessed. Our sex organs are all external. Female sex organs are internal. And if you think about where they are in the body, they're actually 
right there, right up against that larger colon, which empties slower. So it's females, and particularly females that are more sedentary, are in a position where you've got all of that processed food, everything sitting down there, rubbing up against all of that agitated uh, female sex um, organs down there as well. And this is a recipe for disaster which causes cramping, pain, gas, bloating, everything. It causes it all. And, of course, you're already batting against your, uh, battling against your circadian rhythm, so therefore you're having more and more and more trouble. So for female shift workers that may be listening to this episode, when you look around at your male colleagues and think how come they're doing it a lot easier, they are doing it a lot easier, and you are doing it a lot harder than your male counterparts um, purely because of the biological difference between males and females. Wow. Yeah, that's a really good point. That's something I did not realize was, um, what it, that it was that dramatically different. And, and of course, then you can see how it would impact the, the female population in that way, because we know that any kind of disruption in our normal bodily functions, the process of, of, you know, going through our day, uh, any kind of a disruption can have significant effects on our our health as you mentioned uh higher incidence of metabolic syndrome and uh relationship with higher incidence of breast cancer and and those kinds of things and and so you can see how um how, how just how this this impact from not working kind of during that normal day those normal daylight hours can can really impact you and of course we know especially in working with clients that any kind of a disruption has a very powerful impact on relationship with food, their ability to engage in physical activity in, in ways that are healthy for their body and, and that, that keep us overall uh, healthy. So uh, as a coach, what do we really need to consider then that is specific to shift working clients? Oh, I think we as coaches and anybody that's listening that is an intuitive eating coach um, has to really consider that the impact that shift work is having um, on their client because it's not normal. You can't just say to someone, now get your seven or seven to nine hours sleep and make sure that you no stress and things like that. Like those things all apply. But the one thing that we have to really consider is we have to really consider the chronic fatigue. Shift workers are severely fatigued all the time. Um, and we have to consider that. We have to be patient with shift workers. We have to understand that this is a massive impact. With chronic fatigue, Jeff, we know that our ghrelin is elevated, you know, so we get increased hunger signals because our body is searching for glucose, looking for energy all the time. And, you know, shift workers are 24-7 eating because they're awake and they think that they need to be eating all night, all day, or whatever. You know, they just, a lot of shift workers make a fatal flaw, a fatal mistake of actually just flipping their meals to daytime, nighttime, which causes massive problems. Shift workers also suffer from massive, massive amounts of inflammation, which is caused by their body being opposite to um, their circadian rhythm, because which causes inflammation and, you know, holding a lot of water and causing us all sorts of problems there. And of course, not only is there stress on the body because we're opposite our circadian rhythm, but there's also stress 
purely by the roles that they're performing. You know, we've got paramedics, we've got doctors, we've got nurses, we've got, you know, the police, we've got fire, we've got people out there that are highly stressed a lot of the time, which is causing them all sorts of grief. So stress management is something that really needs to be considered. I know we have to consider that with all clients, but stress management in particular has to be a main strategy um, around particularly working with ship workers. Yeah, you know, that's a really good point. Um, and, you know, the the importance of looking at every facet of our health and all of the different things that are involved in uh, in our own unique life because we're all so different. And all of those things are impacted by those things that you touched on there. And this is one of the things that uh, I think, you know, when you look at typical dieting, fitness advice, typical nutrition advice of how to eat, how to structure your day, counting calories, calorie deficits, uh, you know, structured exercise training programs, and all of these things that are that are emphasized by by the diet and, and nutrition world. Uh, why those things can be very problematic? Because you know, one of the one of the quotes that is really annoying to me is the whole "we all have the same twenty four hours a day in a day." And that's just that, that just couldn't be further from the truth. You know, you look at a shift worker and their day. Yes, we all have 24 hours in a day, but their 24 hours look significantly different than my 24 hours. Uh, just like a, a parent of small children's looks different than a single person's 24 hours. And so um, I guess that leads us on to the next question that I thought would be great to talk about. Uh, you know, you and I both, we we started off coaching fat loss, intentional fat loss with our clients. And, and uh, you know, I've been away from that for a while now, but I know that uh, you have made a, a big pivot in the way that you're coaching your clients now, too, since you work basically exclusively with shift workers. Is that correct? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So tell me about that, that pivot and how, what drove you to make that change? What made you decide to, to use another approach with your shift workers? Well, well, I started, as you've quite rightly pointed out, I started, it was all the macros, the tracking, this is what you do, set a deficit, go off and do this exercise, here's your things, measure, weigh, and, and I looked at this holistically from the outside and I thought, I've done it and I have done this, Jeff, because I did my own body transformation three years ago, but it takes so much discipline and it takes, it's a lot of work. And I'm lucky because my children have grown up and left, you know, they've left home. So I only have to consider that I can get to work, get to bed, get back to work, get to work, you know, get to bed. And it's easy for me. And you quite rightly pointed out that the same 24 hours is not the same 24 hours for everybody. You've got, you know, you've got a, a female shift worker that's looking after a husband and got two or three children. You know, I've got one client that's female that's running four children and a husband and trying to work shift work as well. Not, um, you know, and two of those children are twins. Like, you know, the work is phenomenal. And the reason why I pivoted, because I looked at it and I thought, there's got to be another way. There's got to be an easier way because generally, Jeff, the, the clients that come to me, the first thing they want is their weight is spiraling out of control. Yes. But 
their fatigue levels are massive. And as you know, if your fatigue levels, if you're suffering from chronic fatigue because you're not managing your shift work, your energy balance becomes all out of balance, doesn't it? Like you, all of a sudden, you're in a position where you don't feel like moving. You're chronically fatigued. You're getting mixed hunger signals. So therefore, mm-hmm. you're eating more highly processed um um, easy to reach for type foods instead of giving yourself this gentle nutrition of what do I need? How do I need it? How much do I need? What's going to satiate me? What's going to make me feel good? You can't think like that. People don't think like that. Do shift workers have time to track? No, they don't. Some do. And of course, some people can eat whatever they like as well. And they're genetically blessed. And we all know that as well. But that's not society that doesn't reflect society and that doesn't reflect our shift working society either so therefore we don't have time to track we don't have time to weigh food we don't have time to go out and you know uh, cook prepare meals portion it into um uh certain you know amounts of according to macros and and at the end of the day i noticed that a lot of my shift workers were ending up with really disordered practices and they also tended to just give up because it was all too hard. And I took it as a reflection of, oh, you know, originally I used to look at it and think, uh, you just haven't got the discipline. You just, you know, if you want it bad enough, you'll try. And we've all fallen into that trap, haven't we? You know, if you want it <laughs> yeah, bad enough, you'll do it, you know, but it's that's not fair. It's just not fair on people because everybody is totally different. So that's what I did. I then completely changed. And I have to, I I confess, I I changed a lot on listening to, I started reading Intuitive Eating, the book, and I thought, my goodness me, this makes a lot of sense. And I listened to your podcast with Shannon Beer, and I've been mentored by Shannon for six months around body image, around um, um, uh, intentional eating, intuitive eating, and everything just went, oh my goodness me, this This is exactly what's needed for shift workers. Get back in touch. Accept everything. Go with the positive body image, the fact that you can do these things. Take a weight-neutral approach. Do all of these things. So what I did was I start off with the clients now working towards identifying their values. What are your values and going with a values-driven approach? Because you can't fail your values. When you understand and you identify your own values, because a lot of people don't identify their own values to start off with, but when you identify your values and you are working towards your values, you can actually um, can't fail. You just keep keep moving towards in that direction and you put what your behaviours is during the day against your values and you tend to find that you feel better about what it is that you're actually doing. So, if you're in a goal-based and you have to hit a goal by the end of the week, oh, I've got to lose 500 grams or a pound of body fat, and you don't, you give up, don't you? Like a lot of people crash and burn and, and oh, it hasn't worked or this doesn't work or or I've had a bad meal or a bad day. And But if you're values-driven, you can't fail. You just can't fail because you're still working towards that and just setting little targets along the way, which you, know, you can be calling goals as well. You set your goals outside of your values, but you're still working towards those. 
um, working towards a weight neutral approach. Once I took the scales away from people, once I took the measures away from people, because, you know, we're all photos before and after, we're all measures, we're all, um, um, you know, weigh yourself daily, average it out over the week. And, and I started this way, and I'm sure you did the same thing as well, Jeff. Then we realized the damage that we're actually doing to people. And there was a few things that actually triggered me really badly with comments that were made by clients. And I thought, oh, oh. And that's where I went off and did Dr. Jake Lenardin's course as well. He's um, binge eating for uh, disorders, uh, the essentials to binge eating, uh, so that I understood, not that I can treat binge eating disorder, but I wanted to understand the language not to use so I didn't drive someone into that disordered eating and uh and and into that massive problem and well i realized that most of what we are doing is actually pushing people into that direction yes it works i'm not arguing that that works but what i am saying is if you are not really in touch with your client with what you're doing you can actually create a monster out of that that you can't recover from so then when I learned about the 10 principles of intuitive eating and started understanding more about the 10 principles, that was when I looked at this and went, this is the way to go. And the feedback that I'm getting from clients now of just rejecting this diet mentality, you know, honoring your hunger and understanding the hunger and satiety scale and working with the, you know, things like that, just being comfortable, just giving people strategies around what to eat instead of thinking, oh, I can't eat that because I can't track it. And, you know, so that's, you know, that's going down that line. So yeah, the 10 principles work beautifully for a shift worker, working with positive body image, working values driven and a weight neutral approach, taking out all the scales, all the measures and things like that. doesn't mean we're giving up. It just, we're not making it the primary focus as you understand. Yeah, man, there's so much uh, great stuff in there. And that's, that's a lot of the reason, similar kinds of reasons as to why I came over uh, to using weight neutral and approaches and, and intuitive eating myself is just, you know, you see that, that uh, especially when with the kinds of people that I like to work with, um, I, I really love to work with with uh, people who it, it benefits in many ways and, and who it can help them change the way that they think about food. And and it's interesting how you said, you know, these other approaches work. Um, I often put that in quotes and, you know, the air quotes there because they often work to get the the change over a period of time. But whether that's sustainable or not is another a whole other question. And if you're focused on and 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 fixated on those uh, those external measures like a scale or measurements, then uh, it, it's really easy to get away from the deeper work that actually makes changes that are going to benefit you long term. And so you know, so many diets, uh, you know, they. They focus on masking hunger and suppressing hunger and tricking your body into not annoying you with those hunger signals rather than listening to them, honoring them, and then doing what needs to be done to, to in response to those hunger signals. And so I can only imagine that with shift workers, it's even more difficult because we know that when we have additional stress and um, or health issues, all those kinds of things, those things can negatively impact our ability to regulate our hunger and our satiety and our fullness and 
and those kinds of things. And so I can imagine that with shift workers, you see, you were seeing a lot of that where, where, um, were those some of the problems that you would see in your weekly check-ins were, were they related to, uh, managing appetite and hunger? Yeah, absolutely. Jeff, this is, this is one of the biggest problems. And this is why working with the hunger and satiety to start off with, just just to, just to identify with the hunger and satiety scale is a good place just to start to get people just checking in with themselves. Um, there are so many things that um, with shift workers, as you work through the principles of intuitive eating that you look at that that make a big difference to a shift worker. You, c- you can't tell a shift worker that's on a week of night shift that you have to get five one-hour gym sessions in a week. You can't do yeah. that. The body's stressed. And what ends up happening? They do nothing because they think it's gym or it's nothing. So mm-hmm. principle nine, I love principle nine. Just movement, just feel the difference. Get out and just walk, just feel the movement. You know, and the other thing as well, Jeff, you know, research shows as well that movement, being vertical and forward momentum is actually an enormous benefit to your mental health. Like research shows this. Oh, yeah. Um, It's, you know, there's a direct correlation between people that are sedentary, that can't move and their mental health, and the people that are walking every single day that have quite strong mental health. This is because they're up, they're vertical, and they are walking in a forward momentum. And as I said, research shows that this actually makes a big difference to them. Now, going back to your original question with the hunger and satiety, this is a massive issue for shift workers because their body is actually giving them a completely different signal to what your body would get. Like I get a different signal. I, I'm at four o'clock in the morning. I'm craving carbohydrate. I, when I say craving, I'm with no cravings. You know, it, my body is searching for instant energy, and I want highly palatable. So it's just as easy for a shift worker because what's open? You can't go to a sandwich bar and order a sandwich, can you? Not not right. at four o'clock in the morning. This is a problem. So what do you do? So what I do is I work with shift workers around there are strategies that you can do. There are things that you can do. There are um, um, getting back in touch. Just, and as you know, Jeff, just challenging your thinking, just asking yourself the question can be sufficient. And at, at times, not always, but a lot of the time, just checking in with yourself and challenging yourself. Let's be honest. When we were born, we were a world-class, number one professional intuitive eater, weren't we? Like, Absolutely. <laughs> if you watch a child in a high chair and you put food in front of it, it'll ease. And then once it's had enough, it just flicks it away and it ends up on the floor and mum and dad are picking it up off the floor. If it doesn't want to eat something, it doesn't. When it's hungry, it will cry and let you know. They are world-class, professional, number one intuitive eaters. And over your journey of life, it's been destroyed. And it's been destroyed by what you're reading, what you're seeing, your perception of how you should be. And once again, particularly with our females, they have to look a certain way, they have to behave a certain way, or they're not, you know, they don't fit into society or they don't feel like they're the normal. So um, I think that's that's why, as I said, the values-driven, weight-neutral and intuitive eating approach with ship workers is definitely a way forward. There's no doubt about it. So, you know, we can look at, you, you know, we can go through, you know, the principles of intuitive eating and there's just nothing that doesn't fit. Yeah. 
Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And, you know, as you talk about some of the stresses of of shift workers in particular, but really anybody who's undergoing a lot of stress for whatever reason, whether they're going through a divorce or the death of a loved one or uh, a stressful situation with their kids or whatever the case may be, you find that it's it's really difficult when you're not giving your body enough to eat. And that's what a calorie deficit, when you're in this intentional weight loss, when you're focusing your attention on losing weight, which means typically most people end up in the mindset of trying to eat as little as they can kind of get away with. And in fact, I've heard coaches use that as a specific strategy. You know, you're, you're best off to, to eat as little food as you can tolerate. And it's, and and all of that is what uh, I think will really backfire in the long run, because as you mentioned earlier on chronic fatigue, if your body is fatigued, and then in addition to that, you're now giving it a an, an intentional energy deficit, you are taking energy away that your body needs, and it's going to just exacerbate that issue. And we see the same thing with people with, with chronic health conditions as well. And so it's just really important to uh, and that's where these these principles of intuitive eating, where it's honoring your hunger and and instead of focusing on intentionally trying to lose weight, you're focusing on giving your body what it needs. And if your body is at a higher weight than where it's kind of genetically predisposed to to be comfortable and to function best, well, then once you dial in and get your get those disruptions addressed, then your body may shift down or it may shift up, you know, it, it, it just, or it may stay the same. Um, and so I, I do think that that's, that's fantastic. What, what you're doing there with that shift in the way that you're working with your clients and, and their mindset around these things. And, and it, it's really interesting how it's often super simple little things. Like you were saying, just checking in sometimes, you know, a lot of people, they would think, Oh, just stopping before I eat and asking myself if I'm, you know, or partway through, if I'm still hungry, that's not going to do anything. It's like, no, it does. If you, if you get the whole weight loss thing out of your mind and you just are saying, Hey, how am I feeling at this moment? What if I eat another cookie? Is that going to make me more satisfied? No, it really won't. But you know what? If I save that other cookie, I can have it tomorrow or I can have it later tonight. And then I get to enjoy it more. And had I eaten that extra cookie now, it wouldn't have given me any more satisfaction. So there was kind of no point. But now I'm making that decision based on a completely different value than, well, what's going to get me the best and quickest weight loss? And it's amazing. And you've probably noticed this with your clients too, or maybe you can talk about that a little bit. Um, but I've noticed it when those little mindset shifts, they're like, oh my gosh, just that little thing, just that little shift in thinking has completely changed the way that I'm. I'm thinking around different foods and it's not just the sweets, which we sometimes bring up, but all foods, you know, sometimes you can eat too much meat, <laughs> too much lean chicken is not going to agree with you or too much, uh, too much vegetables or whatever. I mean, any food that you're eating more of than really what your body needs can, can impact you like that. So maybe you can, uh, address that. Hopefully that question made sense. <laughs> Absolutely it made sense, Jeff, because this is a massive problem because we all know that distracted eating causes us all sorts of problems as well, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. Right. The research yeah. shows very clearly. So as a shift worker, 
How many times are we literally reaching for food while we're typing a report and we're actually scoffing food? How many times is a nurse actually in trying to scoff something or not eating at all because there isn't time, they're under 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 stress? How yeah. many times are the police eating donuts while they're on the run? Do you know what I mean? In the car. How many yeah. times are, you know, like um, Uber drivers and taxi drivers and journalists are standing on the side of the road eating food while they're distracted? That's a massive problem. And under a high-pressure job that they're doing, like with the stress that they've got doing that, they don't actually take that 10 minutes. It only takes 10 minutes to just sit there, put the food in front of you, and just say, I'm out for 10. I'm out for 10. Yeah. And sit there. Even if you only do that just to start with, Jeff, you know, we talk about this with the food. It doesn't have to be for an hour. You don't have to allocate an hour and sit there and stare at your exactly. food until you're salivating at it. You only have to give it just a few minutes to start off with so that you're connecting your hunger. How hungry am I? How much of this do I want? Oh, my God, that looks fantastic. Yum. It smells delicious. It looks delicious. Let's taste it. Oh, my God, it is delicious. Instead of just going, oh, I need something quick and just shoveling it into their mouth. You know, like uh, I was only talking to a client yesterday, Jeff, who was, you know, they, they, um, they're in law enforcement and, you know, law enforcement often, uh, people will relate to this where you might pick up an offender or you've got to get back to the station. You know that you're going to be tied up for a period of time. So you whiz by the golden arches and you grab your burgers and, and you're scoffing that to get back to the state. You haven't even tasted it. And in, on, in all honesty, Jeff, you know, if you actually put it on a plate in front of you and you said, mm, I'm going to sit and eat this Big Mac, if you actually put it in your mouth and you tasted it, you rolled it around in your mouth, you probably wouldn't even like it. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. I, I found that with clients where they suddenly discovered that they don't even like a certain food that used to be something they were afraid to have in the house because they didn't have any control around it. And then they realized when they sat and just paid a little attention, they're like, I don't even like this. No, it's so, so common. It's no longer, yeah, it's not an issue. <laughs> no, it's so very, very common. And um it's just about knowing what to take. You know, we talk about the gentle nutrition. It's about knowing what to take and where and just to, to get that that hunger and satiety, you know, to what's going to satisfy me and what can I have and, and and strategies around the best things, best things to do and the best way to go about it. And we know, we know that our body has a set point anyway. Everybody's got a, a pretty much has got a set point. And that set point will be. Um, I mean, I'm going to talk kilos here, but, you know, let's just say it's probably 10 to 12 pounds either way, isn't it, you know, mm -hmm. as a general rule. But every time we yo-yo diet, we lose weight and then we put weight back on. Generally, a lot of people will go back over that set point and then they reset that set point a bit higher. Then they yo-yo diet, they crash diet and it's not sustainable. So then they go back to eating and that set point increases again. And this is where, you know, that weight gain comes on that they put weight on. And I had a very simple, the most humbling experience yesterday with one of my clients. And I shared it on my story, the feedback that I got. <clears throat> And we talk about, you know, the book Intuitive Eating talks about this, um, that, you know, why would you wear underwear that's tight, that's uncomfortable for you? Like, why would you do that? Why not go and buy a size up and be comfortable? Because it's a constant reminder that you're feeling uncomfortable, that you've put weight mm -hmm. on, that you're feeling really uncomfortable. 
Go and buy some underwear that fits. Go up a size in your pants and be comfortable. This is not giving up. This is actually taking away that cue that you feel uncomfortable away from your um, your actual thing. So, you know, I have members that come to me or um, uniform people, you know, like um, uh, let's just say nurses wearing scrubs or police wearing their uniform, ambulance and, and fire wearing uniform, and they go, oh, my uniform's got so tight, it's got so tight. Get another size. And I'm not saying that to say, oh, you've just given up. But take away that constant reminder that you need to diet, you need to diet, you need to diet, because it didn't work before. What makes you think it's going to work now? Yeah, exactly. That's such a good point. And that's that's a real that's really a key thing that can be so helpful with with uh with people and and shifting that mindset, especially if you're trying to get away from that that diet mentality and that fixation with that uh the size and shape of your body is that that constant reminder of the tight clothes and it doesn't help you to be reminded of it. You know, typical fitness wisdom would say, yeah, it's a good reminder to, to tell you to get, you know, get back on track and stick with the program. But we know that mentally that that's just not how we work as human beings. We're not, we're not robots. And, and all of those things only exacerbate issues that we may be struggling with anyway. So, because we know a lot of the issues that people are struggling with now are related to what they're going through in their life. So whether they're a shift worker or other life circumstances, but also things that they've experienced over the course of their entire life, many since childhood. I was talking to somebody recently who they went on their first diet, he was saying at the age of seven. And and that's just, you know, that, and, and at 47 or 48 now, you know, it's been that lifetime of of dieting and that diet mentality and that focus on the size and shape of your body. And it just doesn't, just doesn't help you. Now it may give you motivation to stick to an eight week or 12 week transformation program, but then what happens after? And you, you already talked about that, that yo-yo dieting, because you, you, you did a quick fix thing and, and you can only sustain those kinds of things for, for so long. If your body, um, your body tends to fight back against that. We, you know, we could go into a whole, that's probably another episode there talking about the, the prevalence of weight gain and, and how it's related to dieting, that dieting is actually a predictor for weight gain uh, long-term. But man, so many good points there. Uh, one last question that I did want to touch on was, you know, we don't really endorse fasting, of course, but why is an overnight fast important biologically and, and how can shift workers navigate this in a way that doesn't cause restriction and deprivation or uh, neglect their hunger cues and and you wrote out this question and I thought man that is a fantastic question I wouldn't have even thought of that but um that's really important because I think you know there are probably going to be people who are either considering intermittent fasting or or um looking at the fasting research and and hearing all of this stuff about fasting because it's so popular and they're probably misinterpreting the research since a lot of it's done in earthworms, but we won't go into that either. But in any case, there is this, there is this importance for this overnight fast biologically, but how do we do that without um, like this restriction, deprivation and, and ignoring hunger cues? Yeah, I think I was incredibly torn with this one, Jeff, like incredibly torn because, you know, the research shows what we should do. It doesn't show what we shouldn't do, right? In in mm -hmm. in with shift work research is very limited. There's more and more and more coming out now. But as a as a shift work coach, I have to look at the research of what we should be doing 
and apply that to what we should not be doing, which is which is an interesting one. Now, having done um, Dr. Jake Lenardin's course as well, you know, we, this restrict and binge is a massive problem as well. Like if we, the longer that we restrict, then the more potential there is for us to binge. Yeah. So I was, yeah, and and I think everyone nods that you can do your twelve hundred calories a day, but by the time your twelve hundred calories are gone at midday, and then you're pushing on through the rest of the day, you get to to your dinner time and you're beside yourself, and you have the potential, more than likely, to overeat. So I was very torn about this this fasting overnight. Now, just to explain. Why should a shift worker fast overnight? Now, the research shows that between midnight and 6 a.m., we should be fasted. Now, that people, uh, I've posted this on my Instagram before, and people say, well, that makes sense because everyone's asleep then. Well, not everyone. <laughs> you know, not everyone. <laughs> There's a lot of yeah. people that are awake at that time as well. But that doesn't mean that their system is awake. Jeff, this is the problem. We have to understand the circadian rhythm. Now, our circadian rhythm is always running on a 24-hour clock. And we have, I, I want to think of, okay, here's a scenario for you. I want you to think of the hypothalamus as, which is the organ, you know, of the the, uh, the gland in our brain, which is the orchestra conductor. He's the orchestra conductor and he's conducting everything. So what he's doing is he's signaling to all of the peripheral clocks and it's research has now shown that every single cell in our body has a circadian clock in it, every single cell. And so we've got the orchestra conductor conducting on our 24-hour day-night cycle. And if you imagine all of those clocks all lining up, sitting down, getting their instrument out, putting their music down, and they're all playing a completely different piece of music, that's what that's what it's like for a shift worker. And that's why we have digestive issues. That's why we have mental health issues. That's why we have biological issues. That's why we have problems everywhere. So, we also have, as you know, we have our autonomous nervous system, which has a sympathetic side and it has a parasympathetic side as well. Now, it's important that we have both sides, obviously, because our sympathetic side is our fight or flight, and then we have our parasympathetic, which is our uh, rest and digest. We are in a rest and digest mode. Whether we are awake or whether we are not awake, we are in a rest and digest between midnight and 6 a.m. So it is very important that we fast because our system is sleeping. It's resting. Now, people say that on shift work that you should just flip your meals over. You can't do that because what happens is if you are eating and forcing yourself to eat, and think back to our females again, as I explained it, if you're forcing yourself to eat, you are already battling against the clock with lower stomach acid, a stomach that empties slower, a longer digestive tract, a longer colon, and a colon that empties slower. You're combating that and you're against your biological um, or your autonomous nervous system, which has got you in rest and digest mode. So I was really torn with this and I wasn't 100% sure how to go about it. So what I've done is we majority of us regular people will fast between, say, 10 o'clock at night and 6 o'clock in the morning because we're asleep anyway, so it's eight hours. And that's okay because we don't wake ourselves up at 2 o'clock or 3 o'clock to have something to eat and go back to sleep again. But what we do do as a shift worker is we tend to eat 
at those times, but we eat highly palatable because there's the vending machine. We get our chips, our chocolates, our lollies. We, um, you know, um, organisations are putting pizzas on the table. There's donuts or there's, you know, all, all these things. And I'm not demonising any of those foods. They're just less than ideal to eat at that time of the night. Because we are insulin resistant at that time of the night, right? we are incredibly insulin resistant. Now, what that means to people is it means whatever you're reading, that glucose is floating around your bloodstream. It's got nowhere to go. So what does it do? It ends up get parked. It ends up getting parked and stored as energy, a la adipose tissue, body fat. So that is where we have a problem. So what do I do with clients? Now, we tend to find that clients that start their night shift can fast for their first few nights from midnight to six. So what I do is say to them, have a really good meal around 11 to 12 o'clock, a good high protein, um, high voluminous carbohydrate, you know, like um, whatever, carbohydrate, vegetables or mm -hmm. something along those lines and fats to keep us feeling nice and full overnight and to give our body something to work with for energy. You will not die from not eating for six hours, you know, you will right. be absolutely fine. But as they get towards the end of the week, if they're on a full week of nights or they're, you know, more of a night shift worker when they go into a block, they tend to say, I can't fast. I just can't make it overnight. Why is this? Because we get more fatigued, don't we? So, of course, we get very mixed signals from our body. So what I say to people is the best way to go about dealing with that is to have something that we don't really have to spend any effort at all digesting. So what I recommend to my clients is make yourself up a, a, a really good like thick veggie soup that you can blitz and have that run through your system or have yourself a couple of, um, you know, the, uh, the Greek yogurts that have got high protein in them, you know, the ones that like, mm -hmm. like we have Yopros here. I'm sure you've probably got something similar there, but, um, you know, that have got 15 or 20 grams. Put a few blueberries or something like that in it to sweeten it up, have that, and have that at 3 o'clock in the morning before you get to that 4 a.m., oh, my God, I'm going to eat everything in sight state because this is where it gets to, Jeff. At 5 o'clock in the morning, anyone that's a shift worker will nod and know that at 5 o'clock in the morning, you are ravenous. So have a structured something before it gets to that stage. Don't push yourself yeah. on until you get home at 7 o'clock and then go, oh, my God, I am so hungry, and load up on toast and and, and um, whatever you can get your hands on and eat, and then you're going to bed with a full cut full of that, uh, and there's another problem in itself, do you know? So, so what I say is to shift workers now, fasting is ideal biologically. It's But you've got to be in touch with your client. As a coach, you've got to be mm -hmm. in touch with your client as to whether it's someone that – whether that could cause a damage and the potential to overeat when they get home. We don't want that. We want to avoid that problem of someone overeating at seven or eight o'clock when they get home from work. We want to make sure that they've had something to tie them over and a, and a protein yogurt or even a soup that just slips through the system that the body does not have to work on is absolutely ideal in that um, scenario. Yeah, wow, those are great tips. And and I have to say, I mean, I've used used those same kinds of strategies with with clients, even that aren't shift workers. They just, you know, they get to the end of the day. Uh, teachers are are one that comes to mind. I've had some teachers who uh, they're so busy throughout the day that they don't get a, an opportunity to really sit down and eat. And then, you know, on their way home from school, they're just like, 
I'm so hungry, I can't even wait till I get home. So they'd stop off at McDonald's. Again, nothing wrong with McDonald's, but they they were talking, uh, one in particular was telling me she doesn't even like McDonald's, but it was the it, she needed something quick. And you're almost in this panic mode when it comes to the hunger. And so simply by adding in a half a protein shake and a half a granola bar at like 10 a.m. for her, and this was even with lunch still there, but just that little extra that gave her an extra boost of energy for the the entirety of the day, it solved the issue. And so it's often some small little things like that. And so in, in what you described, it sounds great because while biologically we benefit from that six-hour fasting period, um, if if that works for us, as you pointed out, that it often works early on in the week, but later in the week it can become a problem. So if we go in with the mindset that we're we're not worried about fat loss. We're not worried about what the scale says. We're worried about how does my body feel? What do I need to do to make sure that my body feels good? And the reason for fasting is not try and get the calorie deficit or limit our eating window. It's it's my body is going to function better if I can uh, come up with a strategy that allows me to fast that six hour period. But going in with the mindset that if I need it, if I if I am mindfully aware of my hunger signals and how my work life impacts those things, then I can head it off early by coming up with some kind of a strategy. And I think that's fantastic that there's coaches like you, actually, there's probably very few coaches like you, <laughs> unfortunately, but I'm glad that there is a coach like you out there who can help these shift workers come up with these strategies that will suit them in their unique uh, situation. And I love those ideas that you shared there and and those are fantastic. And anybody who's listening who's not a shift worker, you can still apply these principles to your own eating and your own way of navigating your day uh, just by thinking mindfully in, in the way that uh, that Roger's been talking about here. So, um, yeah, well, we are coming up on on time here. And uh, so I just want to thank you so much for taking the time out to share this with my audience. And I think that this is going to be something that so, so many people are going to be benefiting from. I've already heard some great feedback from a number of dietitians and, and other coaches out there who were excited that we were having this conversation. Uh, so many of them work with shift workers and not being shift workers themselves. And like myself, I know if I were to work with a shift worker, uh, this, I'm, I would probably come back and re-listen to this episode again to make sure I got all those tips. And of course, I'd be hitting you up since I have that direct line to you, uh, um, which is nice. But uh, anyway, I, I think that's this was such an important conversation because it's going to provide some of that insight for people listening and then hopefully other coaches who may be listening also in, into how to navigate this um, in a way that doesn't require this diet mentality. Uh, I think it's really easy for us to to not realize that intuitive eating can be used in so many different ways to meet the individual needs of whoever is applying it to their life, whether it's shift workers and trying to incorporate this, this fasting period or someone who's recovering from an eating disorder or somebody who's trying to break free from dieting or somebody who's trying to improve their overall health and well-being. And and I just think it's fantastic that that you're using that approach now with your clients. And I just continue to look forward to all of those things that uh, all these great stories that I get to hear about uh, going forward. So I just like to leave it with you to say, well, actually what I want to do is let you have the final word here, but also make sure you 
tell people how they can get in contact with you. Uh, if anybody's listening and could really use your coaching, I would love for them to be uh, be able to find you. Thank you, Jeff. I sincerely appreciate your words, and I really thank you so much as well for giving me the opportunity on your platform to actually explain that as a shift work coach, intuitive eating is definitely the way forward for shift workers. There's no doubt about it in my mind, bearing in mind that I've got nearly four decades of shift work experience and I'm still doing shift work. I'm still doing shift work. I'm getting towards the end of my career, but I'm (laughs) still doing shift work and I'm incredibly excited to actually go forward with this and what I'm doing. So the values, you know, values guided, um, intuitive eating, weight neutral approach for shift workers is without doubt the way to go forward. Um, and then they you know, can find their own exercise that they want to do to feel good about that mm-hmm. without stressing an already stressed body, which is important as well. And we didn't even get to touch oh, on I that. I know, yeah. You know, so, have to have you back on again sometime well, to talk can, about that. that. That would be great. Yeah, absolutely. But I think I, as a, as a shift worker, still doing shift work, I relate. Oh, I can under, totally understand. There isn't anything that a shift worker could tell me that I couldn't go, yep, I totally understand that, I get that. There are plenty of people out there that live with a shift worker and think they understand it. There are plenty of people out there that have studied dietetics. There's plenty of people out there that have studied nutrition. There's plenty of but have they actually done the shift work and do they know the shift work? On that note, Jeff, I'm actually excited that over the next year or so, I'm actually going to develop a course for coaches, for shift workers, for people to actually be guided just to understand the essentials of what you need to understand and what you need to know for shift workers. So moving forward, that is my goal. And then I can bow out. (laughs) I still (laughs) want to spread this word, but I still want to spread the word and I'm excited. And I love working with people one-on-one. And as it turns out, I've actually got four positions that are coming up for um, clients at the moment um, that are coming soon. So people can find me at um, on Instagram at this point in time. The website's coming. We're very, very close. And I'll tell you why the website is not up yet. It's because I've had to rewrite the whole website to change the language of what I was doing because I had it all written out. I had it all in my idea, but now because of the way that I'm going now, I've totally changed all the language along the lines of the intuitive eating side to help because I think people are more relating to it. I've had people sitting on the peripheral that have come to me now because of the change in language that that don't want to track. So anyway, thank you very much. People can find me at uh, on Instagram at a underscore healthy underscore shift. So a healthy shift. Uh, Roger Sutherland is my name. And Jeff, I can't thank you enough. You've been a leader in the field of um, of MNU. I've always looked up to you as a massive mentor. And when I heard you and Shannon Beer talking about this on the uh, podcast, I was walking along and I stopped dead in my tracks and I went, this is definitely the way to go forward. So you never know the impact that you're having on people as you're moving forward. So thank you very much. Yeah, well, thank you so much for those kind words. And I just want to reemphasize that the fact when you told me that you were rewriting your entire website because of this shift, um, that just says a lot about your integrity as a coach. And and for our listeners out there, um, you I think a lot of you can relate to the fact that intuitive eating is a very different way of thinking about nutrition and health. And for a coach to who is 
successfully coaching as, as part of their business in one way and doing a shift because they realize that the way they're doing it isn't the best for the client, maybe better for their pocketbook. I don't know, but it's best for the client to make that shift. I think that's just fantastic. And um, that just says a lot about, about you as a person. And so I'm honored that you were able to join us and um, I'll make sure to include all that information in the show notes so that people can contact you if they would like to work with you. And uh, again, look forward to having you on in the, in the future and talk about some other shift work related things. All right. So I think that about does it for this episode. Uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, please share this around with people who you think might benefit from this helpful information, whether you have uh, coaches that you know of who are working with shift workers. I think this could be really beneficial for them as well as shift workers themselves. And um, make sure that you uh, like the, or that you subscribe. I guess you can't really like a podcast so much, but subscribe to the podcast and leave a nice review. That would be really helpful. Uh, that will help me get this message out more and make the podcast more visible to more people. So we appreciate you all listening and look forward to having another episode available for you all soon. 